Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. My kids come to me all the time and ask me math questions, and I say to them over and over and over again, I say to them, if it's not addition and it isn't multiplication, do not bring it to me. And here they're growing up. They're growing up. They're getting older, so their math is getting more difficult, and they're into stuff like geometry and trigonometry, and they still come with that same question, Dad, can you help? Look, if I couldn't help you in fractions... (laughs) But see, the Holy Spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit does for you and me. He's our personal tutor. He teaches you and me. So when you open up the Bible and you begin to read the Scriptures, you know what? The Holy Spirit will illuminate things in your life and illuminate things that are true. There's some things that we just don't fully grasp theologically, right? And we begin to grow just like somebody would go from you know, simple addition to fractions, to geometry or algebra, whatever, as they grow. But the Holy Spirit has everything to do with that growth. And the Holy Spirit takes difficult theological truths and they make sense to us. You ever hear somebody explain something that just is, it's this high, you know, and lofty truth about some theological, you know, justification, for instance. Sometimes people have a problem with justification. And then you got the guy trying to explain it to you. And then you get some guy walk up and just say, oh, yeah, justification. That's to be justified before God. It's just as if I didn't do it. Declared innocent. Oh, yeah. And this guy took forever to explain it. But here it is simple because you can understand even deep theological truths in God's Word because the Holy Spirit teaches us. I can't tell you, friends, how many times in my own personal life when I was reading the Bible and I just could not grasp a Scripture. And I'm like, man, that does not make sense to me. There was one in John 21, John's Gospel, chapter 21. I can't get into it now. But for the longest time, it didn't make sense to me. And one day the Lord revealed that to me. One day the theologians were divided, the commentaries were divided, and it just did not make sense to me. And I believe God does that continually in the life of a believer if you allow Him to. He not only teaches, but He also directs. The Holy Spirit directs our lives. Did you realize that? Listen to these scriptures in Acts chapter 8, verse 29, when Philip leads the eunuch to the Lord and then baptizes him. Look at this. Then the Spirit did what? What did the Spirit do? Said to Philip, said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. He specifically spoke. It doesn't say Jesus spoke to him. Doesn't say that the Father spoke to him. But it was the Spirit that spoke to Philip to give him direction to tell him what to do with that eunuch. Now listen to this scripture in Acts chapter 13 when the leaders were gathered together and they're fasting and praying. Listen to what verse 2 says of Acts chapter 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, there it is again, said, 
Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. The Holy Spirit, that's interesting. Because the Holy Spirit says that I have called them in that passage. The Holy Spirit says, I have called them and separate for them. And so I don't know how Jehovah's Witnesses rectify electricity with that. The last time I checked, my light sockets weren't saying, hey, Walter, plug in the light. You know, that type of thing. But here you got specific examples in the scriptures where the Holy Spirit is speaking. An impersonal force cannot speak to you. Only a person can. Okay? Acts 16, listen to this. This is a good one. Verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. I mean, doesn't that sound like it should be the thing to do to preach the word? I mean, here's Paul. He's getting ready to go into the region of Asia. And in Paul's mind, they need the gospel. Come to find out they got it later. But at that time, that was not God's direction for them in their life. They were not to go into Asia at that time. And the the Holy Spirit actually forbid them to preach the gospel in Asia. Do you see how the Holy Spirit directs the lives of believers? He does that in our life today. Now, we divide God's will into two categories. We have the general will of God, right? The general will of God. The general will of God is revealed in His Word. That you can know God's general will in your life by reading the Bible, but you cannot know the specific will of God from the Scriptures. They're the parameters, and they keep you from thinking way too outside the box and getting wild with the plans of God, the Scriptures become our parameters and they become the borders for us. But within those parameters, within those borders, man, God is doing a lot in the life of a believer. Let me give you an example of this. The Bible tells us that marriage is a good thing. Okay? In fact, in Proverbs, it says, he who finds a wife finds what? A good thing. I'm trying to help the men of the church this morning get score some points. <laughs> the men should have been saying, good thing. <laughs> the women know they're a good thing. And they knew what a wreck you were before they came into your life. And so they know they're a good thing in your life, right? But, but see, men, when I do something like that, when I say, hey, who, who finds a wife finds what? Good. Right, okay, there it is, guys. Now if you forget her anniversary... Or your anniversary, you can just say, hey, you know what? You remember in church that time when he, the pastor said he who finds a wife finds a good thing, then that'll bring you back to zero and you'll be okay. So the Bible tells us that marriage is a good thing. The Bible tells us that we are to, to marry. Some people are called gift of celibacy, but the Bible isn't going to tell you who to marry. The Bible isn't going to tell you who to marry. It's just going to tell you that marriage is a good thing. But the Bible isn't going to tell you that, you know, Steve should marry Julie or, you know, the Bi- that's just not in the Bible. 
But the Holy Spirit directs our lives that way. The Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and tells us who we're... And this is an important lesson, friends, because a lot of people are just jumping into marriage way too quick. They're not seeking God. Just because two people are Christians, maybe it's not God's will you marry her. Maybe it's not God's will you marry him. The Bible tells us that work is a good thing. We should be working. In fact, Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. We know, don't we? We are supposed to do something productive with our lives. That we, that's part of being made in the image of God, you guys. Being made in the image of God means that we contribute to building up society, not tearing it down. Amen. But the Bible isn't going to tell you what career you're to choose. The Bible isn't going to tell you what job you're supposed to get. The Holy Spirit does that. And many times you hear people, and to me sometimes it sounds weird, and maybe you don't hear it like I do, but because I'm a pastor, somebody will share with me, you know, the Lord's calling me to leave my job. Holy Spirit was guiding them. And it's like, you know, jobs are hard to come by. You know, they're just not abundant out there. But I know that God is telling me to leave the job and, and they don't have anything else lined up. And I've seen them actually leave their job and get something better. Lord directed and guide. And so, so we have this general will of God. And then there's the specific will of God. And the Holy Spirit directs us. He is the person that God, that we have living in us. God lives in us. And he guides and directs our lives. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus says, man, it's better. It's to your advantage I go away. It's to your advantage so that the helper can come, the comforter, the counselor can come. Okay, so he directs our lives. He also intercedes. When you look at the person of the Holy Spirit, how many of you intercede? How many of you pray for other people? Do you know that the Holy Spirit intercedes too? That's one of his responsibilities. Listen to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, I want you to hear that. It tells you and me we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Some of you think you know what to pray for. Some of you assume you know what to pray for. But many times our prayer life consists of telling God what to do, right? We tell God, this is what you're going to do, God. We don't say it that way, but we don't say it that way. But the Spirit helps us according to that passage of Scripture. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to intercede. Sometimes our prayers are not what they should be. You know, what missionaries am I supposed to be praying for? What needs am I supposed to be praying for? We have these questions all the time and we all automatically assume that we know what to pray for and we don't know how to pray. That's what the Bible says. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you'll never know how to pray. You'll never know what it means to pray and be a threat in the powers of darkness, in the world of darkness, against the, the gates of hell and all of that stuff. If you do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you do not know what to pray for. You know what your prayer life is going to consist of? It's going to consist of praying over a meal, 
Lord, bless this food. You can go down a sermon on that. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. And James chapter 4 says, you have not because you ask not, and some of you have not because you ask amiss. In other words, your, your prayers are so off base. And that's one of the roles the Holy Spirit does. He comes into the life of every single believer. And our prayer lives are enhanced. Our prayer lives are mature. This is one of the reasons why we shouldn't quench the Holy Spirit in our life. So you can't deny that the Holy Spirit is a person. You can't say as the Jehovah's Witnesses do that he's on the same level as electricity. He's only a power. No. He has a mind, will, and emotions. He teaches us. He directs us. He intercedes for us. Very important. You know, a lot of people say this. You'll hear this. Man, I wish I was a disciple of Jesus. Man, to have Jesus there, to have Jesus there and live with him 24-7 and, and to hear what he says and to be empowered by him for ministry and to be directed and taught about the kingdom of God. Well, you do turn back to chapter 14. Let me show you something here. This is important too. Chapter 14. I want you to focus on verse 16 just for a moment. Just for a moment. And I will pray or I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Do you know what that means right there? First of all, helper is used five times in the New Testament. It's used four times in the Gospel of John. Between chapters 14 and 16, Jesus uses those. In 1 John, it is used of Jesus as our advocate, as our attorney, as our lawyer. He's the one who stands between us and the Father. Okay? The word another there is the Greek word alos. Alos means, listen to this, alos means in the Greek, another of the same kind. Helper, you can translate that. They translate it in a number of different ways. Um, the old King James translates it comforter. New King James is helper. The word actually means someone who comes alongside of. That's the, the, the Greek word for helper there is paraclete. That's the, the English transliteration is parakaleos is what it is. It's a compound word in the Greek. Para, meaning to come alongside of. You all know what that means. A paralegal is somebody who works alongside of an attorney. A parable that Jesus told means that it was a story he would throw down next to a truth to bring it to light. Okay? Paragraph, right? Para meaning alongside of graph from the Greek word graphe to write paragraph means that their writings right next to each other alongside of each other well paraclete means to come alongside of 
Cleat comes from kaleos in the Greek, meaning called one. So, so here you've got somebody, Jesus says, that is just like me, another of the same kind, because this was their problem. This was their problem. They're like, man, Jesus, you're going away. Our hearts are trouble. He says, no, there's another helper coming. One just like me. He's going to come alongside of you. He's going to guide you. All the things that I was just speaking about, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He's going to come alongside of you and he's going to assist you. He's going to help you. He's going to teach you. He's, in other words, he's going to do everything I was doing, only he's going to live inside you. So when you say, I wish I could travel with Jesus and I wish I could hear straight from his mouth and I wish I could hear what he would have to say to me today, you have Jesus living in you through the Holy Spirit. Parakaleo, called alongside of you. Holy Spirit isn't just a person. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And I'm going to run through these pretty quick, but, but you all the scriptures, you can go over them because I want to close with something. The Holy Spirit is God. He has the attributes of God. The Holy Spirit has the attributes of God. In other words, the same characteristics that God has, the Holy Spirit has. He's not just a person. This is important. Listen. He's not just a person. He's God. And that may not make sense to you. And the, and the cults are going to attack us because we believe in a triune God. In other words, we believe in the Trinity. And what the Trinity simply is, right? What the Trinity simply is, is one God. In the Godhead, there's three persons. It's important that you understand that because the cults are going to come and they're going to say, you believe in three gods. Your response should be, no, I don't believe in three gods. I believe in one God. But within the Godhead, there's three distinct persons. We believe in God the Father, right? We believe in God who? The Son. The Son and we believe in God the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. That's the Trinity. Because all three are illuminated in Scripture as being God. Now, you guys don't have a problem with, with saying Jesus is God. You don't have a problem with saying the Father is God. But do you ever see the Holy Spirit on the same level? He is God. Holy Spirit is His title. But He is God, the Holy Spirit. He is God, the Holy Spirit. So... He's got the attributes of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. We quoted verse 11 already, but listen to this. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is omniscient? No different then God omniscient means omni is all, science is knowledge. We know God is all-knowing. Okay, check this out. This is cool because God can't learn anything. He knows it all. There's nothing God can't learn. When somebody says God can do all things, 
Where there's two I know of, for sure he can't do. He can't lie, and he can't learn anything. He knows it all. He knows it all. And listen to this. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, and because the Holy Spirit is God, that means that God lives in you. When's the last time you ever went to God about anything? No, we're going to do it on our own. So listen to this. He's also omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of who? The Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. There it is right there. The power, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, the power of the Most High. Right? He is all-powerful. He has the attributes of God in that area too. He's all-powerful. He's also omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time. Listen to Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 to 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Where can I go from your spirit? Where am I going to go? In other words, your spirit is everywhere. So he carries the same attributes as God. God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, He also does the works of God. He also does the works of God, okay? Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now listen to Psalm 104, verse 30, You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit does the works of God, even in creating. Okay? Not only that, He delivered the Word of God. He delivered the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The literal meaning of that word in the Greek is God breathed. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. So what you hold in your hands concerning the Bible came directly by the Holy Spirit. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Delivered the Word of God. He is equal with God. We know that. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Singular name, singular name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity in baptism. Second Peter 1, no, Acts chapter 5, verses 3 to 4. We know the story, Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira both get taken out because they were lying. But listen to this. This is interesting. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Who did he lie to? You can't lie to an impersonal force, by the way. You got, the only way you can pull off a lie is somebody's got to understand what you said. You're not going to lie to a tree. Well, some people, yeah, probably in Oregon. I'm sorry if you're watching from Oregon this morning. Probably in California. All right? 
Okay, watch this. Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but lied to God. Well, which is it? Did he lie to the Holy Spirit or did he lie to God? Lied to both. Because the Holy Spirit is God. He's equal with God. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.